Hello and welcome to the How to Be a Movie Snob podcast. Joining us today, as always, is the lovely and sometimes cynical Seth Halligan. Seth Halligan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and next to me, Cousins. Hello. Mariah joins us. And from afar. I'm here today. From afar, from the land up north. But not quite too far north. Not the Great White North. It's just the great it's the okay rainy north, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm here. Pat. Pat's here. Mr. Patrick is with us in the house. Cause we are back. The trio is back to talk about a lovely German movie. One which I think I had never heard of before this podcast, but the references were around. It was on all the lists. It was on all the lists. And it was even, I think, is there a Latin nod to this? Is that like the genie does a little Peter Lorre from this? Oh, I mean, uh, I mean, it's Peter a Peter Lorre. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it's from. Okay, probably not from that. I think there is some amount of the hand wringing Peter Lorre. Mm. You know, the the creepy Peter yeah, Lorre yeah. is definitely pulled from. from oh this yeah, movie for sure. Heavily. Okay, sorry, we're going, we're jumping ahead, but we're doing the the German classic, the Fritz Long classic, M. 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 Oh man, who wants to take the synopsis or the summary? Mariah, I usually lead it to you. Do you want to start us off? Tell us what we're what, what we were in for this week. Oh. What even happened? So <laughs> there's this lady, and she's fixing dinner and waiting for her kid to come home from school, and she doesn't come home <sighs> because she is <clears throat> murdered. Hey, we don't know that right away. Oh well, she disappears. Well, the little children. The opening song. Oh is yeah, little children doing a game where one girl Holy just said, crap. "The man in black's coming for you. You're dead." <laughs> yeah, next chop you up, chop you up. I thought this is not a great game. It's like a messed you know, up musical sort of chairs. Abusive. Yes, really. That's the that's the school bully, and she's just telling each kid that they're dead one at a time until yeah. the game's over. I couldn't quite I figure out what the hey, point was. I don't know. Back, I feel like it, that was standard procedure for like kids' songs back in the day. Like sure. London bridges falling down, yeah, and like ring around the rosies together. Yeah, but ring around the rosy, you know, like all of it. Yeah, but they're just standing there in a solemn circle until <laughs> she points at you, and then you back up a step. It was a it very didn't seem like the most fun game, and it drove the other mother crazy. Yeah, it, it did seem like a very morbid duck duck goose. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, duck duck, uh, you're dead. It's definitely a a dark. This is a dark one. It's a very dark one. Quite dark, dark. subject matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and well, maybe we we'll get into this, but also I kind of found that stylistically, 
some of the acting and even just some of the choices were like humorous. It was there was a lot of like not haha funny, but like Strange, quirky yeah. funniness. I thought I thought throughout. Oh, for um, sure. But maybe that's just me. No, I'm for a sure. Sicko. No, I definitely think it was like a a little tongue in cheek at some points, but mm-hmm. but not like yeah, but definitely not haha. No. You know, I yeah, I I, I wasn't going to go here, but often when I started watching Asian movies like in the two thousands, like they would mix the most horrible, sad, and then like grotesque, um, like brutality, and then like slapstick humor in the same movie <laughs> all, right. all the time. And it, like it broke my Western brain all the freaking time. And I wonder like back in 1931 when this movie was made, like uh, maybe that was just not weird yet. Because we're kind of like... We've kind of brought to be like know our genres and know what's allowed in a genre, unless you watch the new movie RRR, which I don't know if you guys watched that thing. Which that thing I is did. crazy. I no. watched oh my this gosh. Week with a oh bunch my of gosh. bunch of animators. Holy and, crap! Sorry, uh, that is just a side. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, we can go. We'll go with that's Oscar. Oscar. I mean, best movies of this year later. But my goodness, that's that's another one of those. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, for, my brain was like, it's Asia. That makes sense, doesn't? And it <laughs> blows my mind. But that thing was like above and beyond. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and this to me, it wasn't. It was more, I think, conceptual in some ways. Although I guess Peter Laurie, you know, had predominantly done like comedies before this or something. No, no, no. This is his first movie. But I, I think he on, was on stage. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay. Um. So he was seen as more a comedic actor or something but although i didn't think i mean he was he was fantastic and compelling in oh my not goodness. a funny way oh my gosh mm-hmm. but I, I like just the the premise well one who's the protagonist Ooh. the city was it the city good one because it was an ensemble Ooh, that's that had good. no real who you're cheering for you're, you're, exactly, you're right there's no like there's no there's there is no hero you're i mean there is but I mean, in yeah, a traditional but, sense but you we we meet like the commissioner kind of early but you just he comes and goes and there's a lot of like montage moments where you're meeting other characters well, and there's montages. a little bit of like here's another group of people that mm-hmm. you maybe should know but no one ever like became <laughs> our our real lead. Each group had like a lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the the safe cracker or whatever of the criminals was maybe mm-hmm. the, the the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the guy who drilled through the floor got maybe more screen time. I don't know. It what? was just this interesting. Yeah, exactly I was like, right. Fritz. Fritz got a lot of words. I, yeah, I was like, <laughs> who who am I following? Mm-hmm. And then for a bit, I thought, oh, am I going to follow the antagonist? But he doesn't really show up for an hour. No, exactly right. You don't know anything and about so him. I found myself being like, "What is this story structure?" It, it felt <laughs> well. It's, it felt very unique. It was the way I read it was that Fritz made the movie to teach people to take care of their kids. 
pay attention to where oh, yeah. your kids it's, are. So it's oh, like yeah, the a last line. public yeah, service announcement. It's like a public service. Yeah, it's like one of those after school specials of <laughs> you know, real, and right? it's like it's like the original after school special. Like your children are going to disappear if you're not watching them. Watch your children. And it was almost yeah, like he was. Actually, no, it's like that's a that's a great take because I think it does almost flow like a school documentary just yeah. a really good a one thing. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah except a super brutal subject matter yeah if you don't Terry take Sadler care of your saying, kids the mafia is gonna have to step up and do it in a really messy way about time it's about time mm-hmm. mafia needs to rule, r- rule the streets again oh yeah no so much so i think they i something i read said fritz Young was like angry about the way parents were not taking care of their kids. Mm-hmm. Now this is like now I don't now Germany's of course just World War One couple, couple decades before World War Two is literally on the doorsteps because we'll get into that a little bit. But he this is still the end of the Roaring Twenties, mm-hmm. you know. So there, mm. so I'm sure there was that, and then there's Great Depression, which I sh- assume was hitting Germany at this point as well. But they're probably just like kids didn't have anyone taking care of him because it sounds like he was like genuinely mad which is why he made this movie which, which is so funny because he wasn't a parent no that right he was just like old curmudgeon like who's just letting these kids run around willy-nilly i'm gonna make a movie about <laughs> them getting so murdered good. so people watch them better it's essentially he's like the guy in mall rats that damn kid's on the elevator again <laughs> <laughs> well they do reference a couple real serial killers uh early on um and of course i don't have their names borman and something it was like the oh wow the vampire i didn't know that of such and such mm. um i'll ask the research team here yeah right i'm on it i've got my um, printouts it's not in there <laughs> so it, it was you know supposedly kind of based off them although i think fritz lang and his Nazi wife said, "No, no, no." Um, <laughs> Are you going there? Already? I can't wait to talk going... about his relationships. Oh, ex- yes. uh, so good. I mean, you know, that's that's a tough one. That's a tough pill to be half Jewish and God help it, your wife becomes a Nazi. That's a rough propagandist. One. Okay, well let's go. Let's jump right into that. Let's go the the, the freaking historicalness of this movie and the timing, because this is the like this is the last movie he he gets to make without anyone like saying, uh, without it being censored, right? Because the next movie he puts out is 1934, yeah. I think, which is like Grobels is like no, can't do that, can't do that, can't do that, and it was banned. Yeah, and it was banned. So. Uh, the serial killers. Oh, okay. I've got Harmon. Oh, you got it. Friedrich Heinrich Karl Fritz Harmon. Oh, nice. Mm. Uh, the Butcher of Hanover. Whew, great name. Love the that guy. The Vampire of Hanover and the Wolfman. Uh, wow. Some of his nicknames. Wow. And then there was Karl Friedrich Wilhelm Grobman. Um, he doesn't have, does he have a fun nicknames? I don't know, but man, the other guy—the other guy has some killer nicknames. They had way better serial killer names. We just throw in the middle name. Yeah, or it's just like where you know the Green River Killer, just wherever. Yeah, wherever li- they're around. literally yeah. the I five Killer or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean yeah. the Zodiac. That's that's pretty yeah interesting. Um, so anyway, they it was kind of in the early. You can't trust your neighbor. 
mm-hmm. montage, everyone accusing each other. And it kind of came up like, would you have known Harmon or Grossman were these monsters? And Ooh. so it was referenced. I wonder if that was, you know, some of the idea there. It's just, you know, the world is, the world isn't safe. And then of course there's probably a lot of the pre-Nazi anxiety coming in. Yeah. People why Nazis are... apparently didn't like this movie. No. They liked Metropolis. They didn't. Of course like they movie. like Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Freaking. So, yeah. And so reportedly, Fritz Lang was approached by Goebbels to be the head of the Nazi propaganda machine. That's... I, I didn't hear that exactly, but I did see something where he was basically told, hey, you're talented enough, we'll, we can ignore your Jewishness. Right. No, like, it, we, we decide who is Jewish. No, it literally and, was like... And then they did as soon as he left. Yeah. <laughs> and it <was> like, <laughs> turns <laughs> out you're Jewish by default. Yeah. Oh, you left. You're, you're Jewish now. Uh, yeah, no... The, it's hard though because people trying to separate like what side of like how how nazi or not nazi was fritz that's the real question like people like Mm. kind of argue because he he talks about saying no to Goebbels a lot and he uses that as like part of his his line see i'm a good guy yeah exactly right and 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 divorces his wife yeah right so right divorces his wife for freedom Wait, that's how most people <laughs> divorce their wives. <laughs> oh, good one. Ayo. So yeah, that's so that one is a is a weird one. But yeah, but the fact that he does have Jewish heritage, he, I don't think he maybe he knew what was coming because he did flee. But then he came back a couple times reportedly. Yeah, but, supposedly left all his belongings, yeah, but so he, he was back. able to come back a few times. Like maybe not all of them. Maybe not all of them. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like like oh sweet this guy's like anti-Nazi said no to Goebbels like oh wait, but he also yeah. was married to like you know yeah so that's it's it's and it's weird they said that was the same problem like the anti-communism stuff later like he toted this certain line but it's like was it this or is it just what he tells us is his narrative so because he's he's famously very private. Despite how many marriages. Yeah, Fritz Lang. An anti-German. I thought it was kind of interesting in terms of like notoriety. Uh, Certainly at the time, Metropolis was a huge like flop. Right. Financially. Right. But that's the one visually we all recognize. Oh man, we all recognize. It was on my top 20. Top 20. Um. And and of course influenced C three PO's design, which mm-hmm. um, you know it's one of those like, hey, that's a fun fact about this. But I was in the same boat. I think I recognized some of the imagery mostly from the posters, like the the pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh um, sure, well, it, like the propaganda looking hand. Yeah, um, you know, sort of that Russian era propaganda style, right? Pretty pretty harsh edges. Yeah. Um, German impressionism. The yeah, there you go. Um, so I I recognize those things, mm-hmm. but I had not seen this or seen you know. I definitely was more aware of Metropolis, but it's interesting. Like this is arguably the greatest of his films, mm-hmm. and and are you know people argue for German yeah. film of the time, right? Um, and yet it seems like it's less culturally relevant today or that was my you know my understanding again by way of star wars probably everything's gonna get 
um, that's interesting. Inflated. I would say it seems to be too obvious now, but my question was like literally like what like was like just talking to strangers and taking candy from strangers cool before this movie like <laughs> like was this so oh, groundbreaking right like was it like this is like standard 101 of what what we all grew up with mm-hmm. but was this like it changed it so much we don't know that this was so groundbreaking that it's actually more groundbreaking than metropolis perhaps because it's mm-hmm. like it changed the way humanity thinks yeah that's interesting the invention I, of the I, helicopter I, parent <laughs> no and, and, <laughs> well apparently it didn't work in the that, 80s none of us had parents in the 80s know. come on oh no it had well, a revival we worried about, you know, satanic panic and serial killers, but That's we also true. just ran around unsupervised all the time. I know. Um, no D&D, but you can just do whatever you want until yeah, 6 right. p.m., 8 p.m. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it was interesting, the methodology. So the, in the early bits, right, it felt like, uh, what's our murderer's name? Becker? Beckert? Peter Lorre. Um, oh, sorry. I should actually look up yeah. the actual. <laughs> Peter Lorre. Peter. That's the hard part. Um, oh, when it's in another language, it, it gets a little rough. It felt a little more like sly, like he, you know, he would, you know, maybe Hans treat these kids to s- something. Of course, it's Hans. Hans Beckert. That is the most German Hans name I've ever heard in my life. It's pretty German. Um, and then, he'd, you know, they'd vanish, right? And no one had any sign of it mm-hmm. but then later and maybe i'm jumping ahead when when we get the the victim uh that gets away basically the would-be victim mm-hmm. he they're strolling around the town having like a marial time it just felt like well this seems like a bad strategy yeah they went to all the toy stores and yeah, hit the balloons together with as you know with this girl as many places as possible to be only recognized identified. by a blind man. Yeah, and then they're darn whistling. <laughs> and he's got to whistle the same tune over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, also, apparently he couldn't whistle, and so that was Fritz Lang whistling. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's he cool. dubbed Poorly. it. Um, I thought but, it was Fly the Bumblebee, not the uh, the song they said it was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's maybe a good segue to sound. Mm-hmm. And how... First sound movie by Fritz Lang. And a pretty advanced use of um overlapping dialogue um i read something and i don't know how true it is but there was some amount of extra cost to the film that could capture audio which is why some of the movie is just purely silent although fritz lang says he just liked that too yeah so ominous. weird that was one so of the, weird the police that, that was one of the sting. that was one of the critical one of the things that the critics praised because be- once the talkies started happening, everybody just flooded the movie with nonstop chatter. There yeah. was just yeah. so much yeah, talking, yeah. and we can talk. and he held back and actually had like meaningful silence and you know continued with just like a normal kind of flow that a movie would take, and that was kind of a impressive thing to people at the time oh yeah the only like thing that they didn't like about the movie when it came out was that it was too long they were like oh it's kind of lengthy 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they they chopped it several times, and it took them several years to get back. And we, I don't know if we still even have the original length. Yeah, it was down I to mean, like eighty whole... some minutes or something at one point. I'll be honest, oh, you wow. cut out half the middle, I'll be fine. The whole sit down at the table part oh, was the longest thing for me. There is yes excess shots. Yeah, you don't. <sighs> the, you don't need all of it. The first scene. With the ball rolling and the balloon flying, I'm like, this is a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. I'm like, this is cinematic gold. And then we and get then to the, the empty part. place setting at the table. Oh, stop. It oh, just I loved that. That the was, whole beginning montage mm, was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. And then you get to just dudes talking about what the plot is. And that, I'm like, that was the part where I put it down and came back later. That is lazy filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. And you can't just show it. You got to say it the whole freaking time. What is going on right now? They were showing off that it was a talkie. I guess so. But I, I'd argue, you know, some like Maltese Falcon pulled off uh, uh, exposition. Better. I would argue, though, that the joy in Maltese Falcon is the exposition. Because the whole, to my, in my sure. opinion, is it's like same it's kind of thing. It's the Gilmore Girls of film noir. Yeah, they <laughs> did it well. The the mobsters or whatever sitting at the table was just not as clever and like they were really just no? basically spitballing. I'm not like, getting more credit on my this. Gilmore Girls of film noir. I we just that was went good, right over I, that. I thought you guys were giving me more credit like, that. Clap. <laughs> Slow I, clap. I appreciated it. Yeah. For, uh, it's okay. He's going to slow clap I'm himself. Mm, <laughs> amused. Smirk. Um, oh. I think, well, I think that's where maybe some of the difficulties of the movie come in, where with Maltese Falcon, we had a smaller set of characters we Very, could oh. get into. That would, I would this, yeah, like well, do I know these guys? Because honestly, oh, some of them too are kind many of people. Too many people. Everyone, some why we have that many people in the background of the freaking mob scene? And why, why did they all get along we well have, enough to sit down at what the table? What's going on? And I, I loved that. It that was crazy. Of the entire every underworld. underworld yeah, what is this? A amazing. It felt like a Batman cartoon yeah. where like all the bad yes. guys are in the background. What, like, I what did is loved, going on? What I did love was that they came to the conclusion we're going to use all the street beggars and yeah. we're going to make a network which, of street beggars and they're going to follow. Was a thing at the time. That was so clever. There was sort of a beggar army. Yes, they're Darn just tootin'. sitting there. Just what else they're doing? Give them something to do. That has been used in other media. Yeah, like uh, literally. For a long time. Oh my gosh. Sherlock Holmes and. I just watched um, uh, John Wick 3. Hello. John Wick 2 and 3. Right. Lawrence <laughs> Fishburne's crew. That's most of the plot right um, there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a great thing. And they were they were on top of it. Like, I kind of forget. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. But they they did great. And that led, you know, to the, the iconic Chuck. I assume it was Chuck. Mm -hmm. M. So dope. On his coat, which yeah. is like amazing. There's yeah. amazing things in this. Like, oh, so, cool. so you know, montage, exactly yeah. right. Some of these shots of empty rooms. Oh my gosh. And, and you're like, this is messed up. And then there's too much of the like, well, what are we going to do about it? I think we should do this. And I think we should do this. <laughs> and none of it matters. 
but again, it's like, like no one knows. Like this is his first. No one can really help you out. Oh, exactly you right. Your kids. And this is the first time he's used sound as a director. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like it's gangster. Yeah, he knocked it. It's out gangster. Of the park. It was amazing. Yeah. No, that that that's amazing. And then this is like his first sound movie in Germany, and it's essentially his last movie in Germany <laughs> that he gets like full yeah, control yeah. out of. He didn't stay a lot longer. No. And it's then it's considered uh, his best movie, and like some people consider this the best German movie of all time. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's that's bold stuff. Um, yeah, although I think people put Nosferatu in that category as well, which is interesting. Look at us with our German uh, film knowledge, folks. You know, we're gonna be just German film experts. Um, the cinematography. Yeah was pretty mind-blowing considering what they didn't have oh dude the top angles like steady camming dude all of those top well, angles i was like they don't have a crane Mm-mm. well and so many shots were moving so and many adjusting. and they do a through the window shot and you very you see yeah, the, the window slide but you're like wow this is like you know fincher's still doing this stuff yeah. Oh, like everyone's trying to do this thing. We're going from outside to inside. So hard. I honestly thought like, oh, you know, they're going to have to stop. And then I saw that little window move. And then I'm like, how did they move this giant camera through that opening mm-hmm. in that timing? Like, yeah, whether or not the window opened, the cameras are big. Yeah. Like, I was kind of blown away <laughs> by how they actually pulled that off. Well, and they have and a human attached to them. And... Oh my gosh! And it's also yeah. no no stabilization, no easy yeah. cuts, no. And like there's oh. some jerkiness. Yeah, you know, there's, there's definitely some quality is. loss. Sure. But the 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 ambition of some of those shots was was mind blowing to me. Oh, like, so wow. cool! Like this is a cool shot, and mm-hmm. a ton of wonders. You know, like there were long sequences. There was a ton of wonders. Um, I it was I was pretty blown away by that. Mm-hmm. Um, in this movie, just for how early it was in cinema, and how many things they were like, why not do this? It it does um, help. A yeah, interesting choices where we did crotch shot on our our detective, <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> unlike, unlike the up angle on uh, you know the big guy from yeah, yeah. Falcon. Oh uh, sure, it didn't work for me. I yeah. was like, why are we looking at this man's groin? <laughs> like they should have got more coverage oh, and so just funny. done a normal shot oh, here because so this funny. is weird. This is a weird one. It it does help that. I realized he did Metropolis because I didn't know he did Metropolis initially. And then I'm like, oh, he did Metropolis. Well, no wonder when he did could... you realize this. It Like, I think I started watching it before I researched other things he'd done. So I'd started okay. watching the movie and I'm like, man, this is really good. And then I'm like, oh, he did Metropolis. Of course, it's going to be freaking good. Like, yeah, like he's not, yeah, he's not a rookie. Yeah. He's not a rookie. Well, but it was like, his first sound movie. Well, he'd been writing and a he was, bunch yeah. before that, and he'd been he'd actually acted too. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And he's going blind, by the way. Like he can't freaking. Oh yeah, see. he got injured four times Jeez in World Louise. War One. <laughs> four times. Oh yeah. What yeah. I thought was interesting is so. This is like reading Wikipedia first. Yeah, Wikipedia. And hearing yeah, Wikipedia that his first wife dies like within two years of them being married 
under mysterious circumstances yeah, is what they I was say. Actually, one of and then about. I go to the uh, trivia page on Fritz from IMDb, <laughs> and they say, "Oh no, she died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the chest." What? After she had found him with Thea von Harbo, the Nazi temptress, the second wife. Oh my gosh! So you know. There's some speculation about whether or not any of that is 100% fact. That's but, nutty. Right? Because I'm like, oh, I she mean, was murdered and he was dark and maybe he killed her. Him. But like, no, she might have killed herself. Because <laughs> he was just... And he wasn't like a good guy, per no. se. He no. might have been a Nazi. They said he pushed... He pushed Peter Lorre down the stairs in that whole interrogation, the court yep. scene, like just to I make his was. injuries real. I was pretty blown away by the stunt work in that scene. <laughs> At first, and I thought, like, look, when he flies, one, he's getting pulled down the stairs. And I thought, yeah. oh, that's a little treacherous. And he throws him into, like, the log, and his head hits the wall. And I thought, is that Peter Laurie? Like, and it's like, yep. And then he turns yep. on the camera. I was like, good Lord. Yeah, yeah. first movie. He got the crap beat out of him. By the and director. I, I, I did read. He was in Metropolis. Sounds like it was pretty harsh circumstances but he's not a a friendly no uh no. director to actors would they no. say he's the he's the archetype of the brutal german director like he's the yeah. he's literally the one-eyed brutal german <laughs> director <laughs> well and he hated everybody it's i mean he hated germany probably hated, hated himself Nazis. let's be real it starts with you fritz yeah <laughs> you look inside uh, but I mean, in the it showed up. I mean, that that brutality showed up. It worked in a pretty striking way to me. Like I was mm-hmm. like, oh, like it felt it felt genuine because it probably was. Yeah. Um. And and then man, that Peter Lorre, like you know, there's some great looks and things throughout the movie. Him <laughs> clearly kind of battling, but that speech. Oh, so good. Pretty amazing. And and you kind of and maybe it's cuz it's a movie but there's the there's the struggle of empathizing mm-hmm. with someone with compulsions and you know, you constantly go back, "Well, you're, you know, horrible for what you've done." But um, today he absolutely would be put away for insanity 100%. and he would yeah. skip the death penalty. 100%. That that lawyer I was like, "Holy crap, is this 2023? What yeah. is going on right now?" And then I was, but was, the thing was, is, but the thing is, that was considered a weak argument at the time. Like this guy's just showing up for him; he's not really weak, trying that hard. A weak argument for the mob, or a weak no, argument in reality for I Peter Lorre. Oh, right. Oh, sure. And, and they just know, wanted him there to, to not win. Yeah. Fear. But I the the weird I don't know semi criminal lawyer. Yeah, situation. I thought he also was pretty compelling. He was a great actor. I thought he killed it. He did a good job of, in such a horrible thing, kind of weighing the two sides. Like, what is fair? What oh, is the yeah. right thing to do? Mm-hmm. Which kind of came out of nowhere, in a way, right? It, like, yeah. up until this point, it's like, we have to stop this guy. He's killing kids, right? Right. And then, by the time you're, like, ready for him to get ripped up, all of a sudden, there's this, like ethical dilemma of sorts and we have this you know kangaroo court 
Uh, <laughs> and and yet Mob they're, you know, they're sort of weighing things. You know, obviously it was leaning against him as it as it should, but it was pretty interesting. Um, and then I got got into another funny moment when. For one, we have the giant, like the entire basement filled with people, which I actually liked. And they're all but totally when quiet when he gets so down there. So quiet. So attentive. Like it was like the city was hunting him and now the city is judging him, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we've gone through this the journey underworld together. The dark side of him. the city anyway. And he even pointed that out in yes, his the defendant. Worst of the worst. He's like, I'm not um, like you. He's like, you have three homicide <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was it was so weird to me. I'm like them like and arguing. you're choosing these choices. You're choosing. He's to like, do I don't yeah. choose to do this, and I was like, what is going on right now? I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't wrap my my head around like. I, obviously, it's 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 a judgment that Lying wanted to bring out. Like, where's the criminal? Who really is the criminal? Like, what was he trying to prove there? Like, like, I think that the world is maybe complicated. I don't know. I mean, not black was, and white, baby. Yeah, not black and white. It's the second Michael the, Jackson the, song. The I other of. bit of comedy I had was, you know, we we've established there's this single doorway into the room, and off screen, which again was pretty good use of just sound in general. There's a lot of off screen noises that conveyed what was happening, um, but the door opens and everyone raises their hands because like a cop showed up, and I thought. There are hundreds of criminals in here. Can't they overwhelm Seriously. one nope. cop? They're all ready. They know. I'll just raise their hand. And it was this kind they of They took weird... out three security guards, but. Like that, that is 100% a visual gag, right? Yeah. Like we have this incredibly. <laughs> you idiots, moving... we all have swords. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, like a heartfelt, crazy, ethical, you know, um, debate happening and then there's this gag about every criminal in the city basically surrendering when a cop comes through a door i thought (laughs) like what a weird movie yeah that is funny yeah i do wonder like was he actually thinking of this as like a serious movie or literally just like a psa yeah i mean i mean i guess assume it's both and also like i guess life's funny well, right. I think there's a, well, is there something to just, you know, it's all kind of because it's not subtle. It's not subtle at all. Mm-hmm. Like, so obviously he was thinking, like, I need to tell the German people something. But then also, you know, this is there's no rules for films back then. Like, like talkies are like a, a second old. So it's like, well, what am I going to do with the film? Let's do something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Yeah. It's not like I'm making this. Mm-hmm. picture this film this this masterpiece it's like oh i should tell a story but then also do this thing i want to teach people something teach people something well then reading into it like you know is is the lesson certainly pre or early nazi times that like you don't really know what your neighbors are up to but yeah. also they all have their stuff they're going through that makes them do good or bad things. Like, I, I, you know, there's a little bit of like. Sometimes you kill you your know, wife and marry a Nazi gal. You know, it's whatever. Sometimes. But regardless, watch your kids. What? <laughs> what was what was up with the neighbor lady who was just really weird and fidgety at the beginning? 
No, when they when the police show up at his when they do the oh who's been recently released from an asylum. Oh, who's like hard of hearing? She, yeah, she's hard of hearing. She's walking around dusting stuff, and then she's like, oh yeah, yeah, he'll be home soon. Like, how does she know him? And was she not suspicious? And she's just kind yeah. of a ditzy, strange. She was just such a character. It was kind yes. of like, what was the point of her? <laughs> I don't know. It felt like, yeah, the. It made you think they weren't. Landlord. It made you think they maybe weren't onto the right person. And then as it's all playing out there, everyone's onto the the right person at the same time. They just don't know it. Yeah. They're saying, oh, the cops are never going to find him, but they happen to be in his place finding where he wrote the letter right there. Yeah. If you didn't capture him, he would have come home and got arrested. Yeah. I don't, yeah, that's a good question. To me, it kind of got into, I think maybe like, you just don't know Who who's your living neighbors near are. you. And, and, yeah. and in this case, yeah, who's in your, you know, your residence, right? If you're a landlord. Mm-hmm. And what but was his day? She was odd. What was his day job that he could afford to go buy balloons and candy and toys and, for and children? He was pretty judgmental about other people not having jobs. So mm-hmm. it did imply he did. But mm-hmm. of course, yeah, we never saw him. No. Working. Um, no. I won't say what jobs I think are most aligned with child murders. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> do Let's do a top ten list. Let's do a top ten list of jobs that we think would align with being a yeah. child murderer. Uh, but uh yeah, that that was a that was an odd one. Obviously animators number one, obviously. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> well that it kinda there was a little bit of like early on I wasn't sure if we were supposed to if Peter Laurie actually was, you know, the bad guy. There's a version to me of the movie that they're building up, like, the accusations, right? Everyone is getting falsely accused. You couldn't even talk to a kid. Everyone on the street is a suspect. That was, that was good Right. Saying. And so, to me, it felt like there's a version of a movie where someone was falsely accused. Yeah, there's been several people have those. made these yeah. types of movies. Yeah. And, I mean, Peter Laurie just looks like that person yeah you know like you look at him and you think that's the murderer i mean yeah but also or or like or the the innocent so yes he looks like a murderer and so he could be treated like a murderer even if he's not Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know hence maltese falcon in casablanca where he's casting right away literally typecast literally typecast Um, but yeah, so I it was again, I you know, watching these movies through kind of a modern lens is pretty fascinating because my brain goes to I don't know, maybe slightly more like I'm overthinking some of the things mm. because you know, people needed to make different movies so they can't just keep remaking <laughs> M. Yeah. Um Okay, Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and also we just get so much explanation with movies these days, whether or not it's actually in the film or not, you find out what the backstory is or Mm -hmm. the, the reasoning behind all these things. And back then they're just, even if there was an explanation, it's not documented. We don't know, you know, we can't talk to him and say, you know, what was going on? What was your motivation? What were you and your Nazi wife thinking when you wrote this? Also, keep remembering they wrote this together. Yeah, no, no, no. And and I don't think... Remember, this is pre-Nazi, though. 
This is Nazi wife pre-Nazi. This is two years before Hitler takes over and right. Grobel's like this. But is I, not think she, even... I think she's flirting with you know some of the concepts. I think. Happen. Sure, she's probably super racist. Let's be real. But that's, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But just thinking through all of that, like this, I still can't get over like the time. Like, it's such a weird film to be in between the two world wars, and really, although it could hint at like you know everyone's got their own thing and with their own beliefs, and it really doesn't deal with either war at all. No, it's kind I of like, feel like this is just like an average. Not average, but, you know, this is just a movie speaking to people about, you know, this has nothing to do with it. But I'm sure there were still, like, hints of, you know, mistrust and, you know, finger pointing and... Well, I think there is something to just, yeah, mistrust of the other or... Ooh, the other. That's a good That's a good theme. Which, which I think is leading into a lot of world war two um Which, ideologies that weren't there really in world war one right nosferatu like was about right it was just about cousins in war you know whatever archdukes getting murdered and whatnot whatever. um but then yeah world war two became about blaming people for the wrongs of the world mm-hmm. and and trying to root them out and so there is some of that in this, right? Just a wariness of others. Well, yeah. yeah. And Germany. A coming together of people. Right. Okay. And Germany <sighs> really probably already had so much of it. Any. Yeah. Maybe. The seeds were planted, maybe. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, a lot sure. Of... Okay. So this is the part that trips me out, though. Why take the underworld to judge him? Is it just to show the hypocrisy of the whole situation that the police and the government can't do right, the job because correctly. I, I could see I was reading about like, this is, I got deep in the weeds here, but like Hitler's version of a good Nazi movie and Goebbels movie version of a good Nazi movie. Hitler's like, you just tell them that Jews are bad. And Goebbels like, no, no, no. You make this movie that alludes to it all the way implies yeah. exactly right. So, but that's like Goebbels love this movie. Hmm. But I'm assuming Hitler didn't. Yeah. Because it was probably like anti-government in some yeah, sense. Yeah, it was definitely anti-government. Well, actually, I, I'm curious about that. I actually found the portrayal of like the police's effort to be pretty favorable. Like they weren't getting results, but they were. They there was a huge montage of how hard they were all working. Yeah, that's true. They were and the excuses they had, they the excuses they had for not having results. Yeah, and the, but they did come up with the same, col- <laughs> you know, conclusion at yeah, the same time. Them. But right. although although the underlords come together and have like a table talk, and they figure it out right there, like well, you know, all right, we're gonna the put the beggars out there. Five minutes later, we figured Seriously. this out. The blind they- guy heard them whistle. I'm going to get these guys on it. And they're yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I love that they were everywhere on the street. And he just, anytime oh, yeah. he, and they were it was cool. Spots. It was like, a, it, that it was like choreography like movie. Yes. Yeah. It was cool. Um, it was super great. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, wonderful use of like, what apparently was kind of a real thing. Um, but yeah, actually I thought they weren't overly harsh on the police. To be honest, the public just, was like 
The public yeah, was. The public was. The, mm, you're right. I guess you're right. There were results, but but we saw them working hard. We saw this right. conversation around. Sure. Right. I understand, but we're getting hundreds of false reports every day. We have to run down, mm-hmm. and everyone's talking about like the public isn't really helping us at all. That's and so true. there was a little bit of like, okay, you know, cut them some slack. Like this is messed up, but yeah, you know, their job's hard. Um, I thought that was. Because I thought the same thing with the fact that Nazis didn't like it. I thought it was a little bit, you know, yeah. anti. I think I think Hitler didn't like it because Hitler was not about subtleties when Goebbels was. <laughs> yeah. I right. mean, he might not real. have like, picked I, up on it like, at all. I don't he think just he, heard them yeah. say they're uh, not uh, doing exactly it. right. I don't. I think <laughs> Hitler was the mouthpiece and Goebbels was the evil genius behind the 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 puppet the master. puppet master. Yeah, um, yeah. So oh. Thinking, thinking through also just what this did this change Germany and then because then this movie was redone in America. Do you guys watch the new the, the American version? No, I heard that no. it was just brought nothing new to the table. Nothing new. It was like it was shot just for, a, it was not a, as good version. Not, not as good version, but it was American. So it was in it was in English and whatever else. But the funny thing is, was Fritz Lang liked that it he brought him it. more popularity because it was like, oh yeah, well mine was still great. Yeah. So this is giving me more. Literally, when the American one came out, like that's when this one, this this movie became like on an all time great list. Like, and this is why he liked this <laughs> exactly movie better right. than any other is because it was the most popular movie for him. Like he's like, I it's my favorite movie because it was like the best reviews and like everyone loved it. Not necessarily because which he, is crazy. So especially with Metropolis, ego Raymond Burr. Yeah, yeah Raymond Burr. Hey, Raymond Burr was also in the original Godzilla remake that came to America, which was mm. awful when they just chopped up Godzilla. Yeah, they just, inter- inter- they just threw him, him in going, there. Yeah. Oh no, so good. I mean, that was really my Godzilla. That's the first one I saw. So. Mm-hmm. The Raymond Burr was uh, the first one you saw. Yeah, yeah, I, me too. Why would I have seen the the non-American version first? You know, it's, it took a while. That's for funny. When did? Yeah, when did? It's funny. I, I've I've only seen the non-American version, but I've I've I, I, I've seen parts of the the American version, but that's we saw whatever was on AMC. Ah, so you guys are so cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so cool. I didn't have AMC. If it wasn't on, if it wasn't so on OPB. To answer your question, I have no idea what impact it had on Germany. Mm. They had so much other stuff going on, I suppose. They had a lot going on. I think there was, you know, it was in the mix of who's able to avoid, you know, the the Ayasaran of sorts based off who liked you, right? Like the the Goebbels liking him. Could have put it in a position of of safety, in quotes, at that time. Well, you've been. And so I think yeah. there was a little bit of there was a little bit of taste making leading up to Nazi power maybe happening there. Oh man, but I I couldn't I certainly couldn't speak to. I'd be so interested because like I keep thinking of Triumph of the Will as this like pinnacle of German like Fritz Lang arguably paved the way for Triumph of the Will. Just because uh-huh. of the grandiose, the way German films are like the the big scenes, lots of people, like it's there's obviously like tribute to Lang when it comes to these Nazi propaganda films, 
Like you see Metropolis, you see the way he does these things. And it's kind of like the height. And I I just keep thinking of like, it's just, it's not as bad as French cinema, which got killed because they literally all died. Uh, but it, but it was but it's almost worse actually because it was used for such a horrible purpose. These these German yeah. cinematographers and artists became part of the Nazi war machine, and it just I don't even know how I'd, I would feel about that because then Fritz Lang never was this like the movies he made after were still good, but there was never like this grandiose. Yeah, it wasn't the same thing exactly because I I wonder if he was just so turned off by what became of that German cinema feel of these huge propaganda. Oh my goodness. I, I just, I just keep, keep I, it goes back to when we, we did the, um, it's a wonderful life. And when, um, Oh, the director of it's a wonderful life. Um, Capra, Capra saw triumph of the will. And it's like, we lost Frankie. Frankie. He's like, we, we lost the war. Like we lost the war. Mm. And the part of that is like, that's a Fritz Lang legacy, whether he likes it or not, mm. because he helped pave the way for that media machine that was the Nazi parties. So, well, and, and forgive me. And I, you know, I have not seen Metropolis in its entirety and I have seen scenes of Trump of the will, but I don't think I've watched the whole thing to me. And correct me if I'm wrong, that would be, it was a very cleanly shot, but, um, you know, it's over the top spectacle kind of thing. Where actually, I feel like M. In a way never seen before. Well, M felt very gritty, like in terms of the camera moves and even just who oh, 100%. we were following. Oh, yeah. It felt like a movie, you know, arguably out of like the 60s. It felt like a caper, know, a caper movie. The, yeah. Yeah, it was you a know, precursor sort of to film noir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, oddly like film still in its nascency, but coming from Metropolis and then doing this, you know, it's sort of a reinvention of his own art form in a pretty bold way mm-hmm. that I feel like we didn't see again in, until the kind of 60s and 70s when we got the oh sure you know new wave of sort of outsider Hollywood coming in with, you know... Um, I'm saying George Lucas. That's not the example, actually. What do you say? American Graffiti. You know, Martin Scorsese and... Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's where my snobbiness is going to get... I'm going to lose a little Hey, we are learning here. how to be a snob. We are not there yet, oh, folks. Right. Yeah. Okay. No one gets a certificate yet. No, no certificate given here. I haven't but, even know, sort of made them up. It's like... Let's let's reinvent what movies are and what they need to be, kind of thing. It, the M felt like that to me, mm-hmm. um, and, and it felt way ahead of its time. It felt so far yeah. ahead of its time, that's for yeah. sure. And inspired all of those things farther ahead. Yeah, no, there's no question about how how far ahead of its time it was. Yeah, it, it, there was maybe a freedom to well, we don't know what's what the rules are yet, so let's do all the things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in this one, I think. Honestly, with the cinematography alone to me, let alone maybe the the topic of the movie mm-hmm. was very, I don't know, very ahead of its time. Yeah. Very modern mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. I just read this. It was filmed in only six weeks. That's <laughs> nutty. <laughs> I'm so impressed with stuff like that. 
Oh my goodness! I didn't, I didn't see that they were they were you know pranking any studio heads with smoking, but there was a lot of smoking in this. Yeah, there was a lot of smoking in this, but I don't think they were quite giving that. And a lot of adoration of of just uh, smoking uh, accoutrement. There's the there's oh yeah, they had that going the, through. The, the, oh, the, they the had the fanciest cigar, cigar holder. Yeah. I was cracking up. Those I was were like, tricked oh, out. where'd I get that cigar? They're holder? like Art Deco. Yeah, like, it was like flared up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It's so good. That was some fancy stuff. Uh, the twenties. It was the twenties coming into the thirties. The yeah, crazy. We gotta smoke interestingly. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing about this movie is, is it was supposed to be his like his like money maker after Metropolis sucked and so did Woman on the Moon. Two of the most influential like sci-fi well, movies. Well, Metropolis of all time. was just so expensive that anything would be a money maker next to it because <laughs> it was such a money sucker. True, that... but still, like, like it, it's still such a a, a morbid topic, and <laughs> I mean, I get, I guess, but still, mur- yeah, like a horror movie gets gets results because it's a horror movie, but still, yeah. like that was, yeah. Oof. All right, what do we think about this movie, guys? On the snobbiness, uh, I, it's pretty snobby. I would go. I I dare say. I'd cut a couple oh, minutes out of the snobby. middle, but I loved it. Oh gosh, I'd cut, yeah, a couple hours out of the middle. Oh wait, it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't even two hours long. <laughs> yeah, just minutes. It felt like hours. I think at least where you go. Okay, mm. we don't need these shots. Get to the but point. The the beginning and the end. Oh, so good hold up and then you know i'm gonna keep saying it some of the some of the cinematography and camera moves were insane i think Mm -hmm. for the time time. and i think people would have a hard time doing today Mm -hmm. some of those things yeah um so i was pretty impressed it was more enjoyable in general i think i really just got lost looking for a protagonist and and you know, you could argue Beckert is a protagonist villain and or the city's a protagonist, but that, <laughs> that's that rough. all felt that's rough. That all Deep. felt a little bit I don't know, maybe over my head, honestly, going like, Who am I rooting for? What am I rooting for? Yeah. Mm. Who should I follow? Yeah. Cause even with the cops and, and the and the criminals, it was like, did I want one of them to succeed and the other to fail or vice versa? But you really just wanted I think you were supposed to, to be left conflicted and yeah, just for somebody to catch this guy. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And then what to do once you catch him. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing. Yeah. But yeah. I think in that way too, there was a lot of like complexity that I think would certainly uh, annoy modern audiences mm-hmm. that it wasn't necessarily a clean uh, resolution. Yeah. Well, it was honest, pretty fascinating. And honestly, I'm not a capital punishment person, but when watching this movie, I'm like, get him. Get that guy. End it. Like, I was all for them, like, just getting rid of him right then and there. And then, like, I know at further viewing, I'd be like, well, you guys, you know, he's got a point. And we got to <laughs> think about this. And I probably would have weighed it in the balance. But at, at, the movie made me just go, Get that guy off yeah. the street yeah. and don't yeah. let him well, ever come back out. There's an interesting thing, I think, in that 
in that point where if he was killed in the chase, mm-hmm. we all probably, as the audience, would have been like, "Ah, oh, right, good." <laughs> yes. But because they went to the criminal trial, and he had his monologue. And yeah, you're like, ah, oh, well, now it's weird. Mm-hmm. You know, now I don't know what the right thing is. <laughs> now it's weird when I kill you. Was, well, you know, yeah, because yeah. then it's like, well, you could turn him over to the police. And, you know, I know the, the argument against was, you know, he'd get off because of mental insanity. But like, and I have no idea what German courts were like at the time or yeah. how that would have resolved. But it was like, well, he probably would have been put away for a long time. I don't know. But it. But it he was and it, was released like, already. Well, yeah, but we don't know if he killed anyone. No, we don't time. know what I think he was. That's the tricky part. Yeah, probably not. Um, but e- either way, it because it became a choice and not like a reaction to him running away or something. It forces you to look at like, uh, well, what do I think about? humanity in general even the worst of it mm-hmm. um yeah it was kind of a bummer in a way where honestly i was like oh no do i empathize with him <laughs> um and a lot, a lot of that's to you know credit to peter laurie and the and the the crime lawyer at the end going i hey like the right thing to do is just turn him over to the police and i you know i think i was kind of convinced even though, you know, again, if someone just shot him, I would have been like, ah, okay. <laughs> right. That That's a very Hollywood ending, That's to be honest. Fine. So, yeah, I, I didn't, this is, of course, Peter Lorre fleed Germany immediately after this film, and then Fritz Lang two years Shortly later. Shortly after. Yeah, that's crazy. It's just so crazy I to me. Heard, yeah. No, I was going to say, I, I heard Peter Lorre, I mean, maybe one reason to leave the country is now everyone associates you as a child murderer. True. Which is a tough Get thing the to heck shake. out of town. Jeez, I know. But he was, I mean, he was incredibly, I mean, it all felt real. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think that's a difference even in the acting style between this and like Maltese Falcon. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at least with Peter Lorre. It felt like a very genuine performance. I think similarly with kind of the mothers, mm-hmm. you know, some of the criminals a little bit exaggerated and stylized, but like there's sure. a lot of like realism. Right. Well, and I, I think that also a reason to appreciate this film as it was part of a genre that was so brief in history. They had just gotten into talkies and so it was like German impressionism, but it was almost film noir, like is getting mm-hmm. towards it. And suddenly the war breaks out. So like there is just, you know, yeah. a very short window in German film anyway, oh, for sure that they could do any of these kinds of things that weren't having to be inspired or um, pressured or, you know, Edited by the government. You know, people weren't fleeing the country at rapid rates. Like how many directors, you know, could have been part of this movement had Hitler not come to power and all of this played out differently. Oh, yeah. You know, if they hadn't all been forced to leave. I mean, so many left. More left, I would imagine, than stayed. Good directors. It's crazy. Every I feel like we keep coming back to World War II. 
every movie from Seven Samurai it's to the like, French Revolution. Well, if you go it's back like far, it was a big thing in the world. Yeah. right. It it's like, like movies were, were barely affect, around. People were affected. Yeah, because like a little bit. Because as soon as we started like introducing Take that sound, stupid beanie off over here. <laughs> my <laughs> head got really cold. And I didn't like how it sounded on my headphones, so I put the beanie over my, my over my headphones, and <laughs> I may look like Queen Amidala right now. But that's for not the, listener, the point. For the listener yeah. who can't see this, it does look terrible. <laughs> it's not good. It's not Princess Leia. Uh, I can tell you. No, it's definitely. If it was, I wouldn't say a thing. It would be off, off, off brand so- for Princess Leia. Would you recommend people watch? No, M? no, unless they really want to be a snob. I, I would, say yes. I would say no because it's just so hard to get through the middle, and it's just it, it, like when when you think about like the performance of Peter Lorre, like well, although it would be fun to say, hey, you know Casablanca, now go watch M. Same dude, <laughs> have yeah. fun with that one. I love. I- I got sucked into this movie so quickly in the beginning and did not Agreed. expect to be. And it finished so interestingly. I just didn't expect yes, to be so the middle, bored in the middle. I would like to give somebody like minutes where you say, okay, and then this is where you hit fast forward because you're not going <laughs> to yeah. miss anything at all. Literally nothing. A lot of smoking and talking. And then, but not in a keep, clever way. Not in a clever way, like and then Maltese Falcon. Start up again at this point, and you're gonna love this 45 minute movie, and it'll be great. Here's here's my suggestion for a dead director who is probably <laughs> way more talented than I would ever be. <laughs> is that during the talking bits when they keep proposing the ideas that they do end up kind of doing? We yeah. we use the kind of narration and we overlay visuals of what they're talking about so like we got to hit the we gotta hit the clubs harder you know and then it's show some of those scenes of <laughs> oh sorry wrong clubs <laughs> not there yet uh, you know, no the, not there yet dressing Years. down the criminals and not it's the germans the they love the clubs you know, let me see your papers. Your papers are <laughs> like we cut that, but it's or we show the the beggar army starting to mm-hmm. kind of peek on people. I think you could have condensed. Yeah, I like that they. That I like that they like, showed okay. the beggars showing up and signing in and yeah. doing all that. Yeah, you have this street to okay. this street. Yeah, th- there was good stuff in there, but I feel like that's just where we just sat there and they go. Maybe this idea, and then someone's like, "Nah." No. Nah. It's, it's when like they're an hour. it's when they're lining up, signing up to get their routes that that's when you turn it back on. Yeah, well, for sure. And when and when guy was like, "Hey, let's look up uh, people who are recently released from mental mm-hmm. hospital." Like, get to the thing that leads to more action is mm-hmm. you know, would be my advice. And then I think this movie is way more watchable. Yeah. Versus to me, where I'd recommend people watch like the first ten minutes. Watch the last 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly right. Like, watch this on YouTube. Don't watch the movie. It's exhausting. <laughs> Is this the first time we've said... Oh, sorry. Sorry, Pat. We're still here. Um, what did you do? Like, our, video, our video died. It's it's our battery died. Whatever. It's fine. Um, like, this is one of the wow. first times I'd say, like, ah, it's fine, but I don't know if it's worth it. You know what I mean? Like, it's... it's, it's it is, I think it's easier for me than Nosferatu. 
Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a good question. A movie. That's true. I'd rather watch two minutes of Nosferatu and what versus this. Well. Okay. Me, really? Let me get this to make sense. This ought to be good. There are two Here, minutes worth watching in Nosferatu compared to a half an hour of. Hour. Okay. Yes. 100%. So, so we agree that this is better than. Yes, for, you should watch bits of both, but yes, you should watch you more of M. So you don't need to watch all of Nosferatu, and you don't need to watch all of M. So, be, I, ironically enough, it's still. But that first scene, yeah, you're right. There are there are cinematic, brilliant moments. In this movie, like just just timeless moments, and Nosferatu also has like moments, but not as many. Mm-hmm. It also doesn't have sound, so you get that. So maybe three. Yeah. So I, I guess <laughs> this would be like like watch the YouTube synopsis of it. Don't watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think. What's interesting is, and I don't know the actual time span, fact checker, between this Maltese Falcon, Casablanca, but Peter Lorre has a very compelling um, reel he can put together based off these three movies. Yeah, like some it, it, he just had to get through, he just had to flee Germany, get through World War Two, and then yeah. uh, well, you know start acting for like ten years later. No, it, and it's, yeah. it is crazy. And it's fun he- hearing him in German. That's always a fun thing for me. Like actors who are bilingual, like I love seeing how different they feel, quote unquote, in different languages. What even I think, you know, his face is his face. Yeah, but like, that's true. The affectation he had between this and like Maltese Falcon is super different. So different. Like and, he's acting. Oh his my butt gosh. Off. Well, yeah. in thirty pounds, probably. <laughs> also. Oh, yeah. He was a bigger boy. He was yeah, a bigger yeah. boy. In He's this a bigger one. boy. That's for sure. Got to Hollywood, had to shed some shed some pounds. Lost Welcome, the baby fat. Welcome to the West Coast, my friend. Um, yeah. Okay. Alcohol. What alcohol is this film? Like, I will say a thing. Okay. That I don't have a lot of uh backing to it's it's gonna be a german beer mm-hmm. that is got some complicated flavors that you might not like at first the double block to appreciate the double block is oh okay that's what we're drinking I, and I don't know enough about german beer i was like kolsch is a german beer maybe it's kolsch no kolsch is pretty light smooth. yeah Heine, and then Heine. uh hefeweizen is very german because there's a lot of hefeweizen yeah. i would say a triple is what I was going to go with. I'll believe you. Yeah, I got you. I believe you. I think this is out of my beer depth. Yeah, yeah. Or my alcohol depth. But, you know, something German and... and yeah, a triple would be good. Everybody, yeah. You know, a bold taste. It's, and it is deep. Like, it is like, I'd say a little higher alcohol because you're like, it's like, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Who's the protagonist? What's I'd, going on right now? Yeah. I say something out of a stein, you know? Oh, d- it doesn't matter yeah. what it oh, is. Oh, gosh, yeah. Maybe a boot. Frothy out of a stein. Das boot. While you're actually really in speaking of like, you know, kind of the cigarette stuff in, in the news reading section where we had our first kind of accusation, uh, there was a stein, like a full blown stein. There were so many steins. This is a great drinking movie, a great drinking and smoking movie. Uh, we should have our best, and we—I feel like, well, of course, you're going to be in the 30s to 60s. Is going to be great smoking and drinking movies. 
Because I'm pretty sure anything from that era is basically Mad Men all the time. Uh, But yeah, there was literally steins with a top that popped off. I was so... I was like, that's real. Oh my gosh, that's real. It's just 1930s. actually reminds me, too, there was a ton of like... um, I guess I call it first-person shots where, you know, people are looking dead into the camera at each other. Mm, a lot of the accusation dead. shots. Oh, good one. one where I thought, M for murder. Did good one. Happen a lot? Like, I, I honestly don't know, um, but it felt very... It felt like it was maybe a pretty early choice. Uh, side note. Appreciated. What's Wrigley's problem? There seems to be a problem on your end of the... There seems to be a dog problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, audience. <laughs> Wrigley. <laughs> Just let him in, dude. <laughs> oh, this is so great. What's your glitch? Uh, yeah, I uh, I can't help him. He's a bad dog. <laughs> <laughs> he barks at things. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so yeah, good. Just wanted to, you know. You know, one more reminder about the power of sound. <laughs> <laughs> something, something can pull you right out of a moment. Oh, this is so pull good! Right All right, a dog's barking in the distance. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sad. I watched this movie. End of the story. No, I'm not sad. I watched it no. at all. I think it's good for a movie snob. You got to watch this. It's it's yep. it changes the way we look at. Um, frankly, the w- sound, the fact of like just what does it mean to even be a murder movie and and protagonist antagonist what is even like it, it just messes with all the the norms so yeah. i think it was so yeah and oh in those opening scenes like it, it it was almost creepier than showing like a oh yeah you just it, you ached at the very beginning of the movie mm-hmm. you're like oh this is what i'm in for crap mm-hmm. yeah crap and, a and darker i think there's than I thought. maybe less specific rips you know in in future movies i think you know obviously a ton of templates but like the balloons mm, into the, balloons. the power lines oh that was uh, distinctly bal- remember who, an who knew they had balloons episode. like that back yeah then. i didn't know that was a thing back oh, in 1930s germany those yeah. were great balloons that was great Ugh. but there's definitely been a lot of movies where you see you know the ball like the kids thing oh. rolling away well, the ball yeah. rolling down the freaking stairs that was awful a kid attached i think there's like an x files darkness. i can think of right oh, now so many things yeah main one uh with the, with the ghost and the balloon floated away yeah um yeah oh yeah so many things so many things okay okay we did it we did it, guys. We went through M. Oh my gosh, it was yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely a must watch for film snobbery, uh, for film enjoyment. I would say no, no, don't watch it. Don't watch <laughs> it. Check out some clips on YouTube. Yeah, check out check out the 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 clip yeah. where he's confessing, and yeah. check out the if opening scene. If you like scene. Peter Lorre, you know, yeah, it's worth it's us watch. watch it. But you know, he's not in he's not in most of the movies. Yeah, so. just watch the like I said. <laughs> 10, 10 minutes. Yeah. Oh, what a crazy thing. Fritz Lang, dude, that guy, uh, it would be interesting to hear because he was private, but his life was crazy. I want them to make Just a movie crazy. about him. Oh, I'd watch that in a heartbeat. That would be interesting. It, would be you know, really I would argue Fritz Lang is more interesting than the movies he made. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, next week, we will come to you with another uh, top movie of all time, one that hopefully most of us have not seen before. Um, we oh, appreciate. We're doing Caddyshack. <laughs> oh, I 
have to admit I might have seen it. And so I watched <laughs> Caddyshack for the first time this year, and I was oh, I was blown no. away thinking that's not true. No, that's hundred percent true. I've seen. And we're what? done having I, this podcast. I'm sorry. Goodbye. This is this is why we're having this podcast because I have to be a movie snob. But I was blown away by how funny Billy Madison is and how kind of funny Caddyshack was. I'll be honest. I was like, okay, you I get it. Billy Madison in there, but I love Billy Madison. Uh, of course. No. I don't know if I'd love it now, but I did at the time. Uh, you'll love it more than you'll love Caddyshack. Let I love Caddyshack <laughs> minus Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> no, 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 no. All the rest Rodney is Dangerfield amazing. is like the movie. I hate Oh, it's Rodney the worst. Anyways. Oh, my gosh. But I, I That's understood. another conversation. At the time, it was like the probably the funniest sports movie that ever came out. But sure. since then, we've had so many funny sports movies that it's not fair. So if you if you've seen all the other funny sports movies, Pat's looking at his watch. Caddyshack is not great. See, this is what happens when all you're right. on video, folks. We're out of here. Oh, look hey, at this day. We appreciate it. Until next time. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Go be a snob. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. Bye. No one else is gonna say bye. Seriously, I'm the one who said bye. bye. There we go. Thank you. Gosh, bye. You suck. <laughs>